you because of your customers, mm -hmm. your community. Some people build a lot of different types of communities online. And if your online communities are inclusive, then that says a lot about your brand. We really want to change. We really want to build a business uh, around, around belonging before it's too late. Welcome to the She Shines podcast with your hosts, brand photographer and serial entrepreneur, Anna Laura, and super proud career woman with a passion for entrepreneurship, Alex. Tune in for some connection, community, and girl talk. Plus, join their conversations with other entrepreneurs and professionals who've been there, built that, and are paying it forward. They'll take your burning questions and turn them into actionable steps with a glass of champagne in hand. Here we go. Have you ever felt stuck in a job that didn't quite feel like the most supportive environment? Or maybe you found yourself in a new leadership position struggling to create a true sense of community with your staff. Or like a majority of brands over the last year, you just cannot figure out how to combine your personal values with your business. Sound like you? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> we got you, boo. <laughs> yes. you. If, if any of that resonated with you, you're absolutely going to love this episode. Uh, we sat down with LaTanya Wilkins, who is the founder and CEO of The Change Coaches, and she is the author of Leading Below the Surface. So LaTanya, she partners with executives, upwardly mobile professionals, and other teams to build cultures of belonging through highly customized coaching and consulting services. And she created this signature concept of below the surface leadership based on her own experience of climbing the corporate ladder and researching across various disciplines while constantly being the quote unquote only one on her teams. Mm, yes, yes. And this revolutionary approach to leadership from Latanya is about creating psychologically safe relationships across differences, empowering underrepresented employees to feel valued, heard, and engaged, and creating cultures of belonging in the workplace. And we know you're going to love, love this conversation. LaTanya gives us an intro to her amazing book mm -hmm. and to share some major points on how we all can create a culture of belonging within our workplace and businesses. Yes. So you do not want to miss in this interview, we chat about the major mindset shift you're, you're missing to use your intuition for decision making. Mm, so we talk about the three prongs of real leadership. We talk about how to create a culture of belonging no matter what industry you're in. We talked about a, a tough subject, honestly, whether or not to share your brand values and personal beliefs within your business, and also why your personal stories matter to your clients and community. So without further ado, let's go on ahead and dive in to this episode. Alrighty, welcome back to the She Shines podcast, everyone. We are so excited to be here today with Latanya Wilkins, founder and CEO of the Change Coaches and author of Leading Below the Surface. Latanya, say hello to everyone today. Hello, everyone. I hope you're doing well today. 
Yes, we are so excited to have you on and uh, learn more about what it is that you do, what you stand for, what your book is all about. We yes. can't wait to dive in. But before we do that, can you just walk us through your background and really share with us what made you take the leap into your entrepreneurship journey and, and kind of the evolution that you've experienced along the way? That's a long story. So let me try to, <laughs> let me try to peel this back a little bit. But yeah, so if you look at my career, it looks very traditional business. I mean, I have an MBA. I spent four years working before I got the MBA. And then I spent a lot of time in corporate leadership and talent management roles. And those roles were great for a while. I was uh, doing some really interesting stuff. I mean, I was doing a lot of succession planning. Um, I I was in charge of developing entire countries and sometimes globally. And so it was very interesting for a while, but then after, after some time, what happened is I was working in my final leadership development job that I had in a large corporation and my boss left and then my boss's boss left. And then it just, the workplace just wasn't the same. Like it was run by different people. I wasn't able to be more, I wasn't able to be as creative as I was before. Mm. I I was doing some things on the side. So at that point I was thinking, Hey, maybe it's time to kind of venture out on my own. And what happened is I ended up running into a friend. He was someone I'd worked with many years before. And I told him I was kind of looking for my next move. And, you know, I was contemplating, going on on my own. He's like, hey, let me introduce you to the the dean at the Geese College of Business at the University of Illinois. Maybe you'd want to do something there. I'm like, I don't really want to do that. Like, <laughs> I want to go on my own. But long story short, I ended up there and I'm still I'm still doing a few things there at Geese, uh, you know, notably working with the dean and the, the head of equity. But oh, nice. how did I go into my own business? Well, I ended up taking this job at a university, at a business school. It's like, <laughs> And I'm like, oh, and all these people were just like, wow, that's like such a step back. And, you know, it's not going to look as good on your resume as like, you know, Google, like some of the companies I was talking to and I thought Mm -hmm. I wanted to work with. And I'm so glad I made this move. I mean, one person even told me, you better not stay there long. We're going to think you're in the wild west. And, and so I had to learn to just listen to my, my intuition Mm -hmm. And I ended up growing so much in that role in so many different ways. Uh, and one way was I ended up growing my business and, and I ended up following my entrepreneurial bug. I mean, working in an environment like that, people are really smart and there's a lot of entrepreneurial types in, in, in business schools. And so mm-hmm. I ended up kind of getting my coach certification. I started my business. I started career coaching. I hated it. And I'm like, why am I doing this? And I was like, I don't know if I want to do coaching. I'm like, yeah, I do. I'm like, I already know how to do this. I'm just going to do more organizational coaching. And then that evolved into a coaching teams. And then that evolved into coaching the only ones at work. And then that evolved into coaching folks to create cultures of belonging. And so wow. and that also evolved concurrently into speaking and uh, my book, which yes. is uh, is out now as this podcast airs. And so we'll, I'll talk more about that. But all of this happened oh, yeah. through that process, through having something bad happen at work. Yeah. And then I took a move that wasn't socially accepted 
And then mm-hmm. I just said, Hey, I'm gonna listen to my gut. This seems right for me. And so that's what I, I did. Absolutely love that. I can relate so much to like personally to, to your story and just really having that itch to do something a little more creative than what you're doing in your full-time career. And, and you went to, to school specifically for like getting your MBA and then jumping into like the traditional workforce, more or less like the corporate workforce and, and yeah, I can just relate so, so much to that, but still continuing to do things on the side, like you mentioned and feed your entrepreneurial spirit. Um, but then once you get into entrepreneurship, it's, uh, it's still a roller coaster. It's still mm-hmm. an evolution. And what you think you're getting into oftentimes isn't where you end up and you just never know. So keep, you know, learning to listen to your intuition. Do you have any tips for our listeners Uh, who are maybe undergoing something similar, who are learning to listen to their intuition and kind of lean into that entrepreneurial bug of their own. Yeah. So there were, it's funny. I was in a conversation with someone today and we were talking about coaches. I've always had coaches in my life and we're talking about getting a, me getting a new coach that is kind of keeping up with me, but that's also a good person and spiritual and intuitive. And, and, and that's, that's one of the ways that I was able to, to ignite my intuition is I work with coaches my entire career and there's nothing wrong. I'm a coach that works with coaches (laughs) and, um, the coaches, my coach particularly helped create a, a life that had a lot of psychological safety in it, where I felt like I could make decisions and, um, and make mistakes and it was okay. And I had to create that own, my own personal psychological safety where I was like, okay, well, I'm for once in my life, I'm not going to, I'm going to go against what people think I should do. And I'm going to follow what I think I should do. And uh, it, it's one of those things where, you know, people were telling me, and you could probably relate to this, both of you, that I wasn't a real entrepreneur because I still had a full-time job. Like, mm-hmm. and, and so again, I think it's just my gut. I just knew that this was going to go somewhere. And, mm-hmm. and I, and when I think about, you know, I do a lot of somatic coaching too. And it's like, you know, that you're following your gut and there's something special and good there. If you're feeling this like tingly, like goodness in your heart, right. You're like, this feels really exciting and it's not, it doesn't feel anxiety producing, even though it is in yeah. some ways, it doesn't feel that way. Right. It's like, you have this, it's not all just like your heart beating and your chest tightening up. Mm-hmm. It's like, it feels more expansive. Right. Mm. And so um, that's one of the ways is, is this feeling expansive? Am I feeling like I'm mm. learning? Like someone told me, my gosh, like you should come work here at this tech company. Cause I do a lot with tech companies and and you would double your salary. And my, my heart was, it wasn't expanding. It was just like mm-hmm. contracting of like, oh my gosh, I can just imagine how much stress it's going to be. It doesn't sound exciting. Mm-hmm. And so look for what's happening in your body when someone's presenting mm-hmm. things to you. And if it's expansive feeling, or if it's more of a contracting feeling, and that's, that's, that's a good way to tap into your gut is, I mean, you know, you know, when you're going towards something that's worth it. Yeah, that's a great advice. And obviously something that you had have been leaning into just hearing your journey of 
well, I'm going to do career coaching. Wait, but maybe that's not a fit. And maybe organization coaching, oh, maybe that's not a fit. And just like, you don't know until you try, right. And Mm -hmm. you, until you continue to get to know yourself and your body and those responses, when you put yourself in those experiences and in terms of following your gut and, and looking to pursue things maybe outside of that, you know, quote unquote, traditional career role. So thank you for, for that advice. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to hit home with a lot of people who are maybe feeling stuck at work or even feeling stuck in their current business. And maybe yeah. they just need to change, change a few things around. Um, so let's get into the good stuff. Let's talk oh, about, yeah. let's talk about this book and, yeah. and kind of like the, the root of, of what you do now and which is creating this culture of belonging. Right. Mm-hmm. So first, can you tell us a little bit about the book and what we mm-hmm. can expect? Yeah. So the book is called Leading Below the Surface and the subtitle is kind of long, but I like it that way. <laughs> it's got a lot of keywords and it helps. It's very descriptive, but the it's how to build real and psychologically safe relationships with people who are different from you. Mm. So um, really interesting fact about this book is I started writing it about 18 months ago and uh, the title hasn't changed. I always knew that the title was gonna be Leading Below the Surface. And it's because I knew that I had not encountered below the surface leaders in my life enough. And I wanted to create a movement where people were valuing below the surface leaders. And and, and so it's uh, another fun fact about this book is that Amy Edmondson, the um, Harvard professor that coined the term psychological safety wrote my forward. And so for this book to be endorsed oh in that goodness. way was such an honor yeah. that, that she, it was such an honor that she did that. And she wrote an amazing forward and she wrote about, um, a lot of, a lot of uh, folks are talking a lot about psychological safety and how it mm-hmm. relates to DEI. So, and that mm-hmm. hasn't been something that honestly she's done a lot of, and she's, she's kind of been kind of straddling that. And so it was nice to see that in my book, how she, she admitted that that wasn't really her focus. And then. Now she's starting to see the value of that. But yeah, so this book is uh, it's a culmination of personal stories, plus it's inspired by research, social psychology, neuroscience, um, and other science. And it's, uh, it's, it's, real, it's real exercises, and it's a book about how to, how to build real relationships with people who are different from you. And in the book, you'll see there's three different prongs. The main prongs are real, what I call real leadership, in real leaders are relatable, equitable, aware, and loyal. Um, I was so sick and tired in corporations of hearing inclusive leadership and it was separate and it wasn't, it, it's a real archetype, right? So, so real leadership kind of incorporates that. The second prong is empathy. So empathetic listening, which we don't do enough of. 40% of leaders are estimated to do this on a regular basis. And then the third uh, prong is psychological safety, of course, which is also in the title. Wow. This sounds like you cover so much in, in your book. And I, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure it relates to so many people, whether it's, you know, you are a full-time career woman seeking to build your own business, or maybe you have taken the plunge into full-time entrepreneurship and you are, you know, leading a team, maybe it's a team of one, but you know, you can grow that. So how, how do you feel that, um, you know, what will be your advice on creating that culture of belonging within your own business that, 
you know, supports your community, supports your clients? Like what would be your advice there? I love that question because I I think what happens is people kind of go through and they become an entrepreneur and they're like, well, that stuff doesn't really apply to me. It does because it applies to you because of your customers, Mm -hmm. your community. Some people build a lot of different types of communities online. And if your online communities aren't inclusive, then that says a lot about your brand. And so um, you have to it, it is relevant. And some of us have staff, like I know I have staff in my business. And so, you know, I'll go back to real leadership, right? Like some people are, you know, they're thinking, you know, I, I hate DEI in companies because it's like really, it's very programmatic where, right, where you're not really changing. You're just saying, okay, let's hire some more people. Let's have this training. But that's not something we do as entrepreneurs, right? We don't, we don't really have money to spend on that. And we're, we really want to change. We really want to build a business uh, around, around belonging before it's too late. Mm -hmm. And so I will say the best thing to apply here is the real leadership that I just talked about and with the real leadership. So I'll go through each letter and talk a little bit about how, how a person that's even a solopreneur or that's got a couple of staff, I'm assuming that's a lot of you out there. Mm -hmm. So real is, um, so R is relatable. So the R and this is, again, this is an acronym. R is relatable. So are you making yourself, are you being relatable to people who are different from you? Are you you approaching situations with curiosity? And with curiosity, I mean, like if someone who is different from you approaches you for like a partnership, are you approaching with curiosity? Are you approaching with stereotypes already, right? Are, Mm -hmm. Are you finding ways to be relatable to different types of populations, right? You know, if you make if you make a like a beauty product, for example, are you making are you, are you keeping it in mind that your your customers might be from different colors of skin and different different uh, cultures and things like that? So that's the mm-hmm. relatable, and then making your branding so it's relatable to different types of people, not just one. Equitable is making sure that your business is equitable. And what that means is, again, you may not have a lot of staff, but is your is your business operating from an equitable perspective with products? For example, are your products accessible, right? Are they accessible for certain types of people? Um, are you, when you do bring on vendors, and this is a big one, like when I, when I first started, I did a really good job at this for the first couple of years. All my contractors, anyone I, I partnered with were all either black, or um, women, and I, I only did that. And so th- make, making sure that you're equitable, especially with contracts and who are you working with. Mm-hmm. Is th- if you are a white entrepreneur, is everyone in your, is everyone that's working for you white? I mean, th- mm-hmm. again, are you creating equity? And, and it matters, it matters even on that mm-hmm. level, like yeah. even businesses you partner with. Aware, being aware of where you're at today. and. You know, one of my, I was, I was actually in a listening session today for a large company. Sometimes I run those. And one of the, this was actually for uh, white people that were in this employee resource group. And one of the white women said, you know, I'm a long way to go. I'm from small town, Indiana. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I just care. And, you know, I, I know that I want to see more but I don't know what I want to see. And she was very aware and she's very mm-hmm. vulnerable talking. So it's just being aware about where you are. And then the last one is loyal. And when I talk about loyal in the book, I talk about it a little bit differently than we talk about loyalty, but it means that 
you stay loyal to the process. This is creating cultures of belonging and you creating, you know, your own personal culture of belonging in your life. It takes time. And a lot of times we're like, this is too much work. I have like <laughs> business to run. I can't do this. You know, I, <laughs> I don't need to be going in these communities, but loyalty means that not number one, you either remain loyal to the process or number two, you're lo- loyal to your people that are in the process. So for example, if you hire a vendor that's different from what you usually do, you give them a chance. Like maybe mm-hmm. they do things differently or maybe they talk differently. And instead of having confirmation bias of, oh, you know, I knew this was going to be different. Mm-hmm. I knew this person wasn't going to think like me. Try to have a different thought about it. So those that's, again, relatable, equitable, rare, and loyal. So start with real, start with real leadership. That is amazing advice. And like just so crucial to the time. I mean, always relatable, but so crucial, I think, to the time, especially that we're living in now. And um, it definitely, when you talked about loyal, kind of at least brought up for me, like around, you know, a year and a half ago with like the black square and everything and seeing Mm -hmm. all these companies Mm -hmm. pledge to be different. And then it was like, oh, being different takes a little bit of work. We're just gonna go back to how we were doing it, you know? And then that it brings up that part for me of of the loyal, like it, it takes Mm -hmm. time to create this culture of belonging, you know, especially if you were doing something one way for so long it's going to take time to break those habits and and to get into a new way of leadership. Um, So thank you for bringing that up. And it it leads beautifully into our next point of, you know, kind of how on social media and, and we've been seeing businesses and brands try to be more socially conscious, right, of, of what's going on um, in the world. And one struggle that we have experienced with our, within our own community is they weren't sure how to show up online in this time, right? How, how to share their own brand values, right? Especially in a mm-hmm. time of political or social upheaval, um, for fear of maybe doing the opposite of what you're talking about, right? That you, you they want to create this culture of belonging, but they are afraid of scaring people away mm-hmm. with their own thoughts. So what would you tell, um, you know, these multi-passionate women who, who are running businesses, um, if, what would you tell them in terms of getting over that fear of starting to create this culture of belonging, of starting to talk about more of what they believe in and what they value in the public eye? That's a really good question. <laughs> uh, gosh, I love that question. So I'm going to tell, tell a story because I'm going to ask all of you to tell stories and that's the way to do this. Mm-hmm. And so it's the story I have is last year after George Floyd, I was getting a bunch of calls from CEOs that were like, hey, we want to put out a statement and oh we goodness. want to have these sessions. And, I can't imagine. <laughs> um, yeah, I was getting a lot. And <laughs> and it's uh, and I even had some CEOs say, yeah, I've never really mixed politics before, but now it's time. And I was like, this isn't politics. Right. But again, it's like, right. but there are it's all like, these different yeah. types of things kind of going around. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things I asked them when they call me is what is this for? Like, what is your, what does success look like? What is your goal? Mm. And that said a lot, like that said, mm. if they were trying to be performative or not, um, also asking their timeline, it tells you a lot. And so I think the way to do this is you have to be real about it. Again, I'll go back to the aware of real. 
Mm-hmm. And a lot of companies at that time, to be honest, all they needed to do is be like, we're behind. <laughs> we're sorry. We're behind. Yeah. That's where we are. Mm-hmm. And so we're behind. So this is where we're going. And some companies did that, but mm-hmm. a lot did not. They're like, we're dedicated. And then those are the what companies that got torn up, right? On mm-hmm. social media. <laughs> so in order to avoid that, again, just be aware and tell stories. Like you can't really lie about a story, right? <laughs> you, you tell a story and you say, hey, here's a story about Gina and Gina is, you know, we hired her at college and first-generation college students. And she's really moved, moved up all the way from, you know, assistant to director. And, you know, this is, this shows our commitment because we really worked with Gina through all these years. And we know that she's indicative of what we want to see, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's an example. Or we, and not, not in, in reaction to George Floyd, but, you know, last year we gave away, you know, this much in products to, you know, these communities in Chicago that are underserved. Or mm-hmm. last year we gave money to, to educate women in tech. Mm-hmm. And this is how we're following through with it. And this is how it, it plugs back into our mission. But having a story, again, with yeah. a start, middle and end and being able, and maybe that story hasn't ended. Maybe it's right. like, hey, gave us money, women in tech. We're seeing where this goes. But this shows, again, we're not exactly where we need to be, but this yeah. is a start. And we're going to come back and tell you where this goes. That's all you have to do. It's, it's like, it's almost like when you're talking about it, um, it's going to feel mucky, yeah. right? And if it doesn't, then you're not doing it right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it's almost like taking that loyalty component of real and kind of putting it on a live stream. Like, how right. are you, how are you being loyal? How right. are you committed to making these changes? And, you know, and we all know that progress rarely looks perfect when you're in the messy middle of it. So I think just being honest and sharing that a lot of the time, maybe it could and, and just like you said, just sharing that in a story and being real and relatable. <laughs> like, yeah. So right. many things. So going back to that right. real acronym um, that you shared with us earlier, that's absolutely beautiful. And we find too that, um, you know, not only are we serving women who are entrepreneurs, full-time entrepreneurs, or maybe they're like myself, they work full-time and like you work full-time, right. And, but you have a business too, that you're running, um, or maybe they're just like fully in the corporate world or, or some sort of full-time setting. And they don't find themselves in a leadership or executive position, but they find themselves struggling Mm -hmm still within their workplace? Like what, what would you say to them? Like maybe what is one thing that they could do to help foster that culture of belonging if they're not in, you know, the typical role or position to make those changes from above, you know? I talk a a lot about this in my book. So my book is kind of divided into three sections and it starts with what, why is below the surface leadership important? Mm -hmm. And then we go into becoming a below the surface leader and what that looks like embodying below surface leadership. And then we go into more cerebral, how to apply this into your organizations, right? And so there's twofold, I think of this twofold, Alex. I think of, I think of like, you know, so let me give you an example. So I coach a lot of uh, executives who are the only ones at work. Um, most of them are black, 
or queer or, you know, usually maybe black women, maybe the only one on the leadership team or whatever. And one of those, one of my clients and I were having a conversation yesterday and she said that um, she just doesn't have a very good relationship with someone that's really important in the company that she should have a relationship with. And she doesn't really belong. She doesn't feel like she belongs like around her. Mm-hmm. And I know this particular leader, right? And I, I know that this leader is, the leader is just very, very black and white, I guess, unemotional is mm-hmm. like some of the words we were using. And so there's a couple different ways where you can try to belong in this situation like this. And, this, and in this situation, the person wants to stay at the company. So we're actually working on ways that she can work with this leader and feel like she belongs more. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways is that ex- we just have to accept this person for who they are, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's like you want the person to be what you want them to be, but they just are who they are. And so, and I talk about this in the book, if it feels like you're working with a surface leader, that have boundaries around that and only mm-hmm. meet with the person for certain things when you have to meet with them and surround yourself with other below the surface leaders. So at least your values are still being reiterated and you're not compromising on that. So that's one way. And that's a way that we, we sometimes underestimate. Like we always go to the organizational, hey, what can I do in my organization? Right. If you're in an organization, obviously, and I talk about three different tracks in the book to change your culture. I talk about the individual track, the team track, and the go big or go home track, which only mm-hmm. certain people can do. But the individual track is, again, sitting back and listening and understanding what's going on in your organization. Mm-hmm. And again, sharing stories with your, your, with your leadership team around this and not expecting mm-hmm a ton, just expecting to have Mm. conversations at first, because what we're trying to do, and again, you have to be invested. This, this advice is not for anyone that's in a toxic workplace. If you're in a toxic workplace, get out. These are for people that are working somewhere and that might just need a little fine tuning and they're okay. But listening and telling stories, instead of going to your, you know, your boss and saying, these are all the things that need to change. It's telling those stories and, you know, like, like I said, I do a lot of listening sessions. I run a lot of these for companies and just the leaders sitting there and hearing the stories makes a huger difference than, hey, here's a list of things that we need in our organization. Because again, that's very surface and we want to make sure that we're, we're getting below that. Oh my goodness. I, I think I, I selfishly asked that for myself <laughs> and uh, I'm actually feeling really good about going to work. Uh, so thank you. But um, I, I really love that. Just, you know, what was kind of like a, like a mind explosion for me was like, I just need to accept this person for who they mm-hmm. are. I'm mean, trying to change it. They're not going to change. That's fine. The boundaries and the expectations. Mm-hmm. Anilor and I talk about this a lot, but sometimes <laughs> our expectations are very high in terms yeah. of like what we expect back from people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just like tempering those expectations, but still continuing to share, to share the stories, which is such an important component. So Mm-hmm. Thank you, Latanya, for yeah. <laughs> for yeah, stories are stories are the way to communicate, mm-hmm. especially when you're thinking about when it comes to belonging. Stories, because mm-hmm. people yeah. have an emotional reaction to stories. It's so true. 
So true. Well, we, we have loved every minute of this episode. I can't wait for all of our listeners to hear it. I know everyone will learn so much. Can you share with us where we can connect with you, where we can find this amazing book and dive in even more? Yeah. Yeah. So you could find the book at leadingbelowthesurface.com. That's probably the easiest place to go. Again, leadingbelowthesurface.com. There's links. There's also tools and resources. So for some of you that might feel like you're trapped in a toxic or surface environment, I call it surface environment, kind of use those words interchangeably. There's some tools on there that would be good for you. Um, also to ask this question, if anyone's experiencing what Alex had talked about, mm-hmm. there's, there's more on there. Um, you could also find the book on Amazon, obviously, just look me up, Latanya Wilkins, you'll see my name in the show notes. I'm also on Instagram at Latanya Coaching, L-A-T-O-N-Y-A Coaching, and then you can also find me on LinkedIn. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And we're going to link all of this in the show notes, guys. So literally mm-hmm. go tap on your phone right now, follow, yes. add to cart and <laughs> do all <laughs> the things. All right. So we're going to get into our rapid fire question round. We do this at the end of every episode. Um, just three questions for you, like one word answer, short and sweet. So we're going to set the scene. You are standing in line for coffee or tea, whatever, whatever your morning beverage is. And um, there's someone in line behind you. She's like, oh my gosh, that is LaTanya. I know she is a new author leading below the surface. I follow her. I need like, I need to, I need to buy her a coffee and ask her some questions. So here are her questions. Number one, what is your favorite way to connect with new clients? I would say referral and then coffee after the referral. I love it. Yes. That's so great. Her, her next question for you is how can I create community in my life or in my business? Experimenting. Um, I found that I hate Facebook as a platform, but I love Facebook groups and I had to figure out how to do it. And I had to join like a ton of groups and then mm-hmm. part of like five that I probably participate in regularly. So experiment, see what's around, try to think a little bit differently from how you used to. Mm. Yeah, that's great. And her last question, how do you get your fill of girl talk? I don't know. One-on-one time, I guess. Yeah. That's that works. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Latanya. One-on-one time. That's my favorite. Wait, that's, that's me too. I'm yeah. Feeds my soul. Well, we have loved this conversation. And like we said, be sure you head over to the links in our show notes so you can connect with Latanya even more. Read her book. Oh my Mm. goodness. Whether you are a solopreneur, whether you have a huge team, whether you are a career woman with an entrepreneurial spirit, everyone can glean something from this book. Latanya, thank you again for taking the time to come chat with us. Yeah, it was fun. So Yeah. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. And until the next time, everyone keep shining. Thank you so much for joining us on the She Shines podcast. Before you go, be sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on the next episode. Plus, we would love to hear what you enjoyed most. So share a takeaway and be sure to tag us at SheXShines. And lastly, please take a sec to leave a thoughtful review or pass this episode on to someone you feel could use it. Until next time, keep shining. Cheers, girlfriend.